Welcome to I'm Anxious About, a podcast where two friends commiserate about our respective anxieties on a new topic each week. I'm Christopher Mitchell. And I'm Allison Green. And today we are anxious about the new normal. quickly what we mean by the new normal is just sort of this transition period between lockdown and getting back to a less restrictive form of living basically Mm -hmm. during the coronavirus time and when we first started the show because we started it during lockdown we really didn't want to be just like one more form of like coronavirus doomsdaying you know um that's the last thing people with anxiety need but we think this will be an interesting angle because we're not going to be talking about you know contracting the virus our fears of the virus itself but we're talking about sort of the weirdness of trying to resume some sort of normality and like emerging from your bunker or whatever to um to sort of re-enter the world. So that's just in a nutshell what we mean by quote the new normal, which by the way is a phrase that I hate, but I think people understand uh what it is that we mean when we use it. So we're using it anyway, even though I think that it's kind of dumb because nothing about this is normal. <laughs> And we talked about that in a previous yeah. episode. I yeah. think we, we were referring to the fact that it didn't really do it justice, but at the same time, it's uh, at the very least, it's a term that we can use that we all seemingly communally understand. Yeah. And I think uh, you're kind of right on the money where we're we're not looking for this to be an episode where it's like, here, come to our anxiety podcast and come, you know, let's all leave more anxious, right? I think yeah. it's really all about framing this as like, I think we're, it's kind of like this uh, moment where we've all been in a cave for a while and, and uh, we've come out to the light and it's all like, all right, so it looks like we're going to be out in the light a little bit more. Um, we're going to need to adjust the eyes a little bit. Yeah. Um, what, do, what do we understand here? Um, you know, how can we build our own little pair of sunglasses as we go out? And I think that's, that's kind of the way we're framing it. And I'm excited to record it. Yeah. I, I'm with you that the, like, I half the headlines when they're COVID-y, uh, we'll say, I just can't bear to read more about it. But I think yeah. this is a good opportunity that we can talk yeah. about it in some meaningful ways. Yeah, we promise that this is not going to be a verbal form of doom scrolling. This is just going to be <laughs> um, kind of light, casual, just talking about how bizarre it is to do things that were once so normal for us and sort of the the complicated feelings about wanting to live a normal life, but also wanting to be mindful and respectful of the situation we're in and sort of the anxiety of managing that balance and preserving your mental health in a crisis that's going to last for a while longer. So that's sort of the theme. We understand if this is not your cup of tea and you just want to rejoin us next week, if you can't do anything more with coronavirus. I totally feel you. No hard feelings. But we're really going to stick um, to 
kind of the life side and the daily life side of things. Uh, we're not going to dig too much into like our future fears. We're going to stay very rooted very much in what the present day reality weirdness is. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, great. We are so happy to have you listening. And if that's not, we will totally just catch you next week. If you just can't handle any more COVID content in your life, we get it. Yep. And this will also serve as free therapy for us because yes. we both need to confront this. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. this is going to be our hour where we uh, get through this and hopefully listeners will kind of feel some sense of relief at the end as well, because it's, I know that obviously with anxiety to a certain extent, we have, um, we have this way of taking something, compartmentalizing, kind of putting it over in a corner and being like, I'm not ready to deal with this yet. And then it sort of starts to grow into something larger than itself. So to me, this is a great opportunity for the two of us to dive into that a little bit, but without really those connotations of like, let's try and examine what things will look like three months and six months and 12 months now. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's really about like, no point. Exactly. It's really just about like, this is what I understand so far. And these are some things that I've learned in the past couple of months. And that's how it applies to the present. So we'll try to make this nice and uh, helpful. And speaking of nice, I did just want to quickly read a review of somebody who, who was kind enough to um, take the time to let us know that they're appreciating what we're doing. So on Apple Podcasts, someone gave us a five-star review with the title Love, um, which is... Um, oh, I mean, like, my heart is growing Grinch style. It's just I like it's... three sizes bigger, just just the title alone. <laughs> I know. I haven't even read the review yet. <laughs> I, I mean, this is, this is where we're like, this is where we bathe in the praise, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, joking aside, like really, really appreciate it. It's such a kind move on their part. And they mentioned like, wait, your, your heart's about to grow like maybe six to 12 sizes. So hold on, to, like buckle All up. All right. Um, All right. I'm pressing down on my chest to make sure okay. that nothing Good. crazy happens. <laughs> Good. If you have a heart attack right now, I'm going to feel awfully responsible. Yeah. Um, they, so this, um, this individual, um, I don't, I probably won't mention their name, username on there just in case they're, you know, operating under some veil of anonymity, um, perhaps like a spy or something. But anyways, uh, they will know who they are if they're a listener. They said they both seem like such kind and pure humans. I love listening to them. They're relatable and always have their listeners in their best interests and are inclusive to everyone. I haven't missed an episode. Um, and actually, since that review is public and they're probably not a spy, um, I can just say it's from an individual called Renrick Graff. And we really appreciate that. Um, I hope you still haven't missed an episode. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's very sweet. And yeah, I'd say my heart is now 4.5 times bigger. So it's still safe, but it's okay. much, it's much larger in a good way. All right, way. good. So it should hold up for at least the episode, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I can handle the episode. Just don't drop any bombs on me. Okay. All right. So I'll be very <laughs> careful not to be kind. Uh, and we'll see if such a thing's possible. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. I'm now a little worried. I should update my life insurance policy if I'm depending on you not being kind. <laughs> so uh, let's get rolling with this. And I love our scale today. And I will start off by asking you to chime in on this scale. So on a scale of one to watching movies or shows where people aren't social distancing, uh, <laughs> 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 where are you at on that anxiety scale? I'm a 
three right now, and that is entirely due to pharmaceuticals. I was having a very hard anxiety day this morning where just like everything was overwhelming. Every sound was so obnoxious to the point of just like writhing with anxiety. Like the sound of like a spoon on a bowl was like making me anxious to the point that I wanted to like, just like start bellowing, like stop, stop it. You know, that kind of like, that kind of existential anxiety where like every sound is magnified, every smell, every taste is magnified. Like you, you aren't hungry. You're just, I don't know. It's just one of those things. So I quickly realized that that was not a sustainable way to continue my day and <laughs> medicated myself accordingly. And now I'm doing groovy. So <laughs> I'll put myself out of three. Um, good, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how about you, Chris, on a scale of one, two people not social distancing and films produced prior to 2020? How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah not bad today probably uh, three around the same and uh, not too dissimilar from some of the more recent episodes where just balancing a lot of different things and it's it's not really that i'm terribly o- overly anxious or anything like that it's more just that i have to be really mindful right now to make sure that i'm doing the things that i know help me um remain calm and focused and all that good stuff um just because i'm balancing a lot of different things and that can be overwhelming at times and really for me that just means like getting outside and um getting some exercise and that kind of good stuff uh but i'm not there's not really any one thing that i'm terribly anxious about it's just more um finding those times to to keep remember to take deep breaths and stuff like that um so yeah not a not a terribly exciting answer um, pretty run of the mill, but I will say in the world of anxiety, I don't think we're looking for extremes. That's probably no. not a thumbs up sort of scenario. No. So I will take it. And, uh, yeah, that, that is me, uh, in a number. Yeah. yeah I think in the, the hot wing bar of anxiety life, you want to stick to the mild to medium side of the spectrum and not the atomic ones that you have to sign a waiver for. Yeah, right. Or the fitting term Armageddon, right? Like that's, that would be the most appropriate wing flavor to, uh, to, to (laughs) signify a meltdown. (laughs) We should definitely have one episode where we use on like on a scale to Armageddon wings, like how (laughs) spicy is your brain feeling right now? We could, we could definitely do that. We could definitely (laughs) do that one. Sweet. Uh, well, I think that was a pretty like quick check-in like are we yeah. getting b- better at this I or think we are getting slightly less verbose which is good i think who so. knew that was possible even i know so. i know restraint we has it <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the that's the new subtitle in all our groups restraint <laughs> we has it but like it would have to be like a would have to be like a, a parenthesis after that was like sometimes yeah of course of course naturally all right so where the hell do we even dive in here because this is such a broad topic yeah so i think we probably start broad and just and then just work our way a little bit narrower so um we'll play a game uh where i say something and then uh, we'll see if you have a response and then we'll go further down with this i think this is one of those episodes where 
we both know what we generally want to talk about, but there's not necessarily the specifics of previous episodes where you can mention that, like, you know, you feel this way on a subway or on a bus or a train, et cetera, yeah. or on an airplane. So we'll just see where it takes us. But I have confidence that uh, after 17 episodes, uh, what did I say earlier today when I messaged you that I'm pretty confident we could talk about for an hour paint about drying. paint drying? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty I'm not, sure we will fill. I'm pretty sure we will fill at least uh, three hockey periods worth of chatting. I think so. <laughs> and, the, and our longtime listeners, perhaps the, the person who loved that review will will understand that inside that's a little joke a inside joke with our with our group but people seem to like that which is good yeah. so i think why don't we start with just talking about the fact that um you know for people with anxiety this period has been particularly difficult because we i think thrive on well i should say really i'll pull it back from there and just say that we have we struggle with uncertainty right because generally speaking with anxiety you can if you don't um, have the information, you'll fill it in anyways, just with information which may or may not be true, right? And so in this situation where we don't even really have definite answers to balance our own catastrophizing with, it can be difficult. But I think that generally speaking, our job right now is to figure out, you know, what is actually worth worrying about? And in my opinion, this is kind of where I wanted to start the discussion. My opinion, like where we start is with the things that we can control right? Yeah, always. Yeah. So I think for me, that looks like just putting yourself in a position to do your, do your best. Like you're, you're, you're saying to yourself, I'm not perfect, but from what I understand, like, this is what I'm going to be doing, you know, and, and then you kind of live with that. So, um, yeah. Do you want to start and take that in a direction or do you want me to elaborate and give you a little more to work with? No, I think, um, that's great. I guess I'll just talk a little bit about, how this has kind of been especially challenging for me because prior to COVID-19, I had an issue with leaving the house. And it's not so far as to say like agoraphobia. It wasn't that extreme, but just like I have difficulty getting started for the day. I have trouble finding the motivation to do things outside. I tend to sort of be an indoor cat, so to speak. And <laughs> um, it was really difficult for me to um, to then suddenly realize, oh, wait, like during lockdown, like I actually am an indoor cat. Like because we came back from Brazil in March because of COVID and we had to do two weeks of quarantine. And it was actually totally fine for me for that short period. Like, you know, we didn't go outside literally at all except for the first day when we needed to do a grocery stock up. But um, then it's been as things have gotten less intense and sort of we've been able to sort of resume a slight bit of normality. It's been really hard for me because I already struggled with it in the past to go outside to get my days started to incorporate like fresh air and exercise into my daily routines and to have variety because I think it's like as soon as I go out the door there's just like a gauntlet of anxiety potential situations you know it's like oh like if I have to go get something at the store like is there a cashier gonna be weird to like or more like am I gonna be weird to the cashier or like you know are people gonna talk to me about my dog in the park or you know just like all these things are I'm like because I have social anxiety I anticipate all these like 
terrifying social interactions when I start walking around. And so um, it's been hard for me to now that I also have this other other thing weighing on me of this pandemic and it's been hard for me to go back to where I was because like where I was was not even really where I should have been probably for my own mental health because I was still very self-isolated and so it's been hard for me because it's like I was already starting with like one foot back in the door you know yeah so um yeah, it's been challenging. I really haven't resumed a lot of like activities of daily life. Um, some things have gotten easier over time, like going to the grocery store, but there are other things. It's like my mind codes anything that is like a leisure activity as like, you know, bad, like going out to restaurant bad, even if you like sit outside on a courtyard and, you know, are social distance and everything it's been hard for me but I finally went to a restaurant in Sofia for the first time since the pandemic began um I had gone to restaurants like on the Black Sea when um there was like a real lull in the numbers but now as with most of Europe our numbers are back up but I was like it was our anniversary um last week and Chris I actually think you you and Brie and me and my husband have the same anniversary isn't that weird is it the 14th? Oh, no. Okay. Never mind. Because um, I thought. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. No, I'm, I'm, I'm actually uh, totally wrong with that. Our wedding day anniversary is July 14th. Our being together anniversary is August 26th. Uh, okay. So maybe you're doing it a little delayed because we're the 28th. But I saw something on, um, on Facebook and yeah. was like, oh, my God, we have the same anniversary. That's crazy. Yeah, um, I wanted to clarify that just in case Brie decided to tune into this episode and was like, <laughs> do you not know our anniversary? So let's just get that one clear and underlined. Yeah, uh, yeah. otherwise you will have anxiety about um, Brie's impending rage. <laughs> right, after I said that out loud and you were like, wait a minute, uh, my hands started to get sweaty and I was like, I need to amend this um, so that I can uh, get back to feeling okay about the present <laughs> uh, because otherwise, uh, otherwise I'll start to panic about it. But I mean, yeah, j- all joking aside, it's, um, I saw that as well, that like we, we had that, um, nearby days. I think you, yeah. maybe you me- messaged me or better or I saw it somewhere or something mm-hmm. like that. And anyways, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We made it one year without killing each other. And mm-hmm. because which is like, a, tough, a tough year, right? Yeah. So. And especially because, you know, uh six months of that first year has been in pandemic time so really we've been together now married for seven years right Um, exactly (laughs) so yeah um but it was really nice actually i was scared to do it but it felt really nice to go out and just do something that felt a little bit fucking normal for a change you know that felt non-apocalyptic like you know And that's something, and again, we have to, you know, reference the fact that we're coming from, you know, relatively privileged places, geographically speaking, about, you know, how well the virus has been contained. Mm -hmm. In Bulgaria, we're seeing cases of like 200 a day. Toronto, what are you seeing? So I think the province province at large um, is is about 100 or so cases per day. So again, yeah, there is some... 
privilege there. I did I did actually just want to I don't want to take it on a side tangent, but I did want to mention that I think you know, you can get weighed down with some of the statistics and feel like, oh my gosh, there's so much going on. But actually understanding the statistics of what's going on and understanding what, what the trends are and things like that and looking at how, like, for example, when I looked over time and saw the Ontario numbers, I, I understood that, okay, it's going to be okay for me now to do things like golfing or eating mm-hmm. on a patio or things like that because yeah. I, I can I can make a risk-based decision and understand that, that that's okay for me. Mm-hmm. And, and also understanding that, like, it, so if you are an indoor cat, I'm the cat in the alleyway that's yelling at your window for leftover fish. Okay? <laughs> so like, I'm, I'm, I'm the cat who's like, please play with me. Throw me your extras. Um, and actually, you know, it, 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 for me, it was the opposite. I had to really wrap my head around uh, what it was like, like getting comfortable spending time on my own and not yearning for being with other people all the time. And I, I actually think I've made huge strides with that and become a lot less dependent on other people for my own, you know, happiness and fun and things like that. But at the same time too, you know, you have to be responsible in that. But I have, I understood that it was coming to a breaking point where like I had to start doing this kind of stuff safely um, for my mental health, uh, Mm -hmm. really to save my mental health because the, the risk between my mental health and my physical health at that point understanding the statistics around what was going on in the province it was like okay so i am going to go out and golf with a few friends i'm going to eat in parks with friends i can go biking and stay apart with people i can you know do do these kinds of things which are still respecting what's going on but do give me some of that back um we like brie and i are like we bought an obnoxious 12 person tent and we just like bring that around with us um to go and stay with with different people and um, in the backyard, we just stay outside and, and it and it works just fine. And uh, what I guess I'm getting at is like, this isn't a time where we get to like take a giant leap and we're like, whoa, that's over. But we really, we can look intelligently at what baby steps we can take. Yeah. Everyone's baby steps are going to be really different, right? And, the, and there's never a one size fits all solution. But if you know, for example, that you've really been stressed about restaurants, well, going to a patio with a restaurant that you know is observing everything carefully it's well spaced out on a patio and eating a meal there can take a lot of the um heat off of your stress about that right because all Mm -hmm. of a sudden now you have like a practical example of what that actually looks like as opposed to what you've spent six months envisioning what it could look like right right yeah and it's hard when you have anxiety to sort of seed control as well and one of the things that's 100%. been and one thing that's been hard for me living in Bulgaria is that while our numbers are quite low, compliance is very lax. And so I kind of had to let go of some things that I would have wished for. Like when we went out to um when we went out to dinner, our our hostess wasn't wearing a mask, but we were outside, we didn't talk very much, and you know, it's just one of those things where at some point, there are going to be risks, and you're just going to have to choose the risks that make sense for you, that keep your mental health safe, and you also have to balance, um, you know, kind of who you're protecting, what your personal situation is, what your personal mm-hmm. health is like. You know, for me, being young, relatively healthy, um, only living with my partner, who's also young and relatively healthy, you know... Um, we're not running around like maniacs, like, you know, 
at crowded pool parties being fucking jabronis, but like, <laughs> you know. You're not? I thought that's ex- I thought no. that's all you were doing. When you nah. mentioned your anniversary, I just pictured that, that, that it would a be Balkan like jabroni. pool party? Yeah, a, a jabroni Balkan headquarters. <laughs> the two of you guys would have the the heavy house music playing and uh, really just, just a whole obnoxious setup. Um, yeah. <laughs> like a meat, like a meat heavy platter, house music. Oh um, yeah, of course. You know I no love that sunscreen protection. I love I love music that's not music but just beats, you know? Yeah. That's my just beats. that's my no, jam. Not even vocals, just just obnoxious beats. Just the same beat repeatedly. For like two or three hours, right? Yeah, exactly. Um and, and with the <laughs> DJ with the big headphones, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, happy anniversary. It sounds like you had a great time you. at your jabroni yeah. pool party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was wonderful. It was everything I could have wished for out of a jabroni pool party. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just sort of like at some point I realized even as fearful as I am of this virus because I have a lot of health anxiety, um, you do have to uh, measure what is the risk of what will happen to your mental health if you don't see anyone for a year or a year and a half, if you mm-hmm. don't um, do any of the things that used to bring you joy. And some of those things that used to bring you joy aren't safe to do, and you're going to just have to accept that. Like, we can't go to a movie theater and see a movie. It's just not a safe thing, even though they're reopened here in Bulgaria. It's just not something we're going to do. But, um, you know, going out to a restaurant, sitting on the patio, that is something that is in our control that we can't do. Even if we can't control, like, literally everyone around us and every little detail of it, we can control enough by, you know, bringing our own hand sanitizer and using it frequently and, like, making sure to kind of keep our distance when people speak to us, that sort of thing. Um, There are things that you can do that, like... You'll never be 100% as safe as you will be if you're just like sequestered in your house. But at that point, what kind of life are you living and is it sustainable for you? And so trying to find that balance has been really difficult, but I'm working on it. Um, But it's hard. I did. I wanted some of what you were talking about just really brought like a certain phrase to mind, which I think might be helpful or at least is helpful for, for me. And I think what I think is the most helpful right now is to interrogate our own fear, right? Mm-hmm. So to it's not to say that your fear is going to be unwarranted. I mean, there are some cases where you're going to look and say, okay, I'm worried about this. And then you can say to yourself, you know what? I think this worry, based on what I understand about myself and the situation, is warranted. But there are going to be other worries where you can say to yourself, you know, based on what I know about my mental health here and how much I need to get out and be a, feel like I'm a part of something again and I'm so isolated, I'm comfortable going out to a patio now or whatever that is. But I do think that we would all be wise to at least interrogate the fear that we're feeling because you'll you'll know what's maybe justified and what maybe isn't. But again, that's that's really can be difficult, you know, with an in an anxious mind uh, is to figure out what, what is justified not. And that's why it can be helpful to have a trusted friend or a partner just to be like, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. Does that like, I think this makes sense to me. Right. And and somebody else can be like, yep, you're definitely like, that's definitely makes sense. Uh, tenting in a backyard. Uh, you're, you're good to go with that. Like that makes sense. Um, but having that extra ear can be helpful, but 
yeah, I guess just that would be what I would underline. At the very least, I think we're at a point now where we don't have to put, uh, you know, build a, uh, a house of fear to hide in. You know, we can at least interrogate some of those fears now a little bit more intelligently. Yeah. Um, and keeping, keeping in mind as well, the last thing I'll just quickly say about this is just that keeping in mind as well that at the beginning, I think the fear was a lot more warranted because we had a lot less answers. And, and right. of course, we don't have all the answers yet. We don't even, you know, we, we're, we're, we're looking for more of those. But I don't think that the, the it's going to be helpful for anyone to go and think about all the answers, things we have left to answer. It's more helpful to look at, again, what, what do I know? What do I understand? What can I control? And then baby steps. Like, we don't need to approach this and be like, I was here. Now I'm going to jump over the fence. Like, you can literally just work in gradations and just say, like, I'm going to take one step towards it. I'm going to yeah. take two steps towards that. Like, it's not an all or nothing sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, there, I, there's something really helpful about knowing exactly kind of like what we're up against and um, ways in which you can mitigate that, you know, and being informed, but not over informed, like right. reading about how much safer being outdoors is really was just the biggest like salve for me mentally because I was so terrified of like people running past me on the streets you know every time I saw a jogger go by I was like damn you your particles are going to infect me with bubonic plague and um it would and then I re then I read something about how like you would literally need to be behind them for five minutes in their direct stream to get like you know uh, infected in theory and I was like oh oh okay so that anxiety was totally built up and causing me a ton of stress and it ended up meaning nothing right. and of course we didn't know that because this is a novel virus we didn't know that in the beginning so like it's not horrible that I had those thoughts but I think it's important to sort of find the balance of not you know, doom scrolling through horrible case numbers, but to look at like some of the scientific stuff to see like what people are actually finding and um, to, to then be able to make safety decisions that will impact your quality of life in a positive way and make you more comfortable um, being outside, resuming socialization in safe ways and getting a little bit of your normal life back. Um, at least for my kind of brain, which needs a lot of data. I'm a very like analytical person. I need data. I need facts. I need things to back it up. Um, I'm very skeptical until presented with like solid data. And so for me, at least, I don't know if this will work for everyone, but it's been really helpful to dive into like the more scientific side of transmission to understand like what I really need to avoid and what is really rather uh, low risk on the side of things. And I decided to sort of err on the end of things where like, I don't need to be no risk, but I do need to be low risk. You know what I mean? Like it's not worth basically pressing like the pause button for a year to two years of my life to wait for a vaccine. That's just not something I can do mentally. And I don't think it's something that almost anyone can do mentally it's something that you would really only do if you had to, right? So we have to find this balance of 
we can't have no risk, right? That's just not really possible unless we're going to put ourselves in a bunker. Um, We can have low risk. And what does that look like? And how can you get some of the things back that you used to enjoy? And there are going to be some things you won't be able to get back. And that sucks. But what are the things you can do? Or what are even some new things that you can do and cultivate that are low risk? You know, I think that's sort of been something that's helped me sort of return to that normality in a way and start feeling a little bit better about our situation. Exactly. Yeah. And I've never walked so much in my life and I actually really enjoy it. And I'm, and I'm starting to understand why like the ancient Greek philosophers, like basically just like strolled around and had like an entourage (laughs) that followed them as they, you know, spewed uh, beautiful sentences out and, and uh, great realizations. There's something about moving that sort of gets the brain and the body moving and you start to come up with some pretty good ideas. I'd like to think Mm -hmm. I'm also obviously a podcast fiend. And so uh, having a good excuse to go walk around, I don't even care if it's in a endless circle. In fact, there's a track near my house that I like, I don't know, I guess the people who look out there must think I live in the park because I'm like always walking around there. (laughs) But it's, but it's been great just to know there's a place that I can go and walk around. It's something I'll definitely keep in my routine. Um, I mentioned a few other things earlier about like, I'm drinking less, I'm a little bit less dependent on others for happiness. These are things I'm going to bring into my life in a positive way. And I also was, I've been learning more about and understanding more about the things that actually really do have a positive effect on my life. Because I I think during this time, like we're a lot more vulnerable, My, my mental health is a little bit more turbulent. So I'm understanding more clearly the things that are having a positive and negative impact on me. Mm -hmm. For example, if I have too many beers the night before I wake up and I'm like, I noticeably understand that this is providing more anxiety. And on the other, the other side of that is that I'm realizing that exercise has a really positive impact on my life. And, and um, I was reading the almost like a recent time, like a um, special edition of Time magazine on mental health. And they were talking about the, there is literally an article on the power of exercise. And I wanted to just talk about one quick, we'll talk more generally about how, I think first what we can say is like, it's, conclusive that from from studies that people who were exercising more had noticeably less anxiety. So they reference a study from the American Journal of Psychiatry, uh, which followed 22,000 um, healthy Norwegian adults. And they mentioned that the people who said they didn't exercise the study start were 44% more likely to become depressed. So I think the first thing to underline there is from that study, which we'll include in the show notes, is that, um, you know, for sure, this is not like big spouts of, of exercise. This is like people who exercise one to two hours a week. So if you're somebody who doesn't exercise very much and you're like, well, I don't want to build up this huge regiment, it can literally be as simple as like taking that baby step, kind of what we talked about, and just like being like, I'm going to go for a walk for 20 minutes, twice a week or whatever that is. So I wanted to point that out first. But what I really thought was interesting, and it's something I mentioned to you before the um, before we started recording, and I, I know you thought it was pretty interesting as well. And this article is called The Power of Exercise by Jamie Duke Carmi. Um, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing his last name or her last name, but 
Uh, what can you do? Um, so the, what I wanted to, to mention was that studies conducted in 2008 and 2011 showed that um, aerobic exercise can, in effect, desensitize the body to, a cer to certain kinds of emotional distress. Since the same increased heart rate, perspiration, and respiration that result from working out are also associated with anxiety, the researchers concluded that exercise serves as a kind of habituation. Work out often enough and you'll react with less alarm when your body behaves the same way in other situations. I thought that was just hugely fascinating. Yeah, that was super um, cool to learn. Yeah, so I, I've talked for a moment here, so I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. But I just thought it was so fascinating to, look, to think about the fact that because there's share some symptoms there, like you can be sweaty or your heart increased heart rate or whatever, exercising and doing that in a normal space, it means when you're anxious and you feel that you're less alarmed. Yeah, no, that's super cool. And it makes a lot of sense in just terms of like exposure theory and habituation, like psychologically, um, it just really checks out, makes sense. Um, and I think one thing that was interesting for me from this finding was that you don't need like, you know, the four hours of cardio a week that I had kind of imagined you needed to get the benefits of exercise. And um, for someone like me, who never starts things because I'm a perfectionist and I want to start it perfectly, mm -hmm. um, it's reassuring to know that that's not the only way to do things that like, even just that one hour hike once a week can be enough to really start seeing those benefits and then anything else will compound but it's not like anything below that threshold is just like a waste, which is what I kind of imagined, you know, like I kind of imagined that it was like, okay, so you need to work out X hours a week and anything less than X is useless, you know? I mean, yeah. and that's classic, like uh, perfectionist, uh, anxious thinking is like, let me not even start because I know I won't be able to do it right. Yeah. I, it's funny uh, when you were talking there, I was just thinking that it's so strange as human beings, like we think with exercise, particularly with exercise, it's like you think that uh, either you're someone who exercises or don't. And if you do exercise, you're like wearing Lululemon pants all the time and you do it every single day for 10 hours and whatever. And I do exercise every day, but I'm not like waving a flag, like, look how happy I am. It's like, it's more just because, again, we've talked about the human hamster thing. I need to run on a wheel for a while. It's just like <laughs> the, the only way I stay sane. But I, I, what I, what I want to compare it to is like, is you, let's say, for example, you read a study and it talks about how carrots are good for you for this, for this particular reason, right? This is an indication that perhaps we should eat more carrots, but if it was the exercise world, like, for some reason, you'd be like, well, I guess I'll only eat carrots now, you know, and it's like eating, <laughs> you eat, eat hundreds of carrots per day. It's like, that's not what the, st the study's not suggesting that this is good for you at the expense of everything else. It's just suggesting, you know, that, uh, that you can incorporate it into your life. And I think that's a healthier way to look at how we can incorporate exercise. It doesn't mean you, you know, oh, I exercised once for half an hour a day. So now I'm a person who exercises eight hours a day. It's more about understanding, like, there are some benefits. And perhaps I can work this into my 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 new normal in my life. Yeah. But you know, it doesn't mean you have to eat a thousand carrots a day. Yeah, don't do that. I did that I metaphor hold a, up or no? Not really, but I'll run with it anyway. I'll be <laughs> generous today. Um, must spend that that review. 
that made me so generous. Um, but no, my friend told me this story about a girl she went to school with who turned orange from eating too many carrots. So don't do that to yourself. Don't turn orange. Yeah, we are not recommending that as part of your regimen for the yeah. new normal. That is not what broccoli. We're however, you can have as much broccoli as you like. Yeah, do are we? Do you think we'll get that sponsorship ever from? The, I don't bro- know. I don't think so because I don't think the bro- broccoli council of America exists. Or whatever we That's decided, the true. fictional organization. Would be. Yeah. What? Like, what if we created it though, and then we created our own propaganda? Well, then of course, we could. Right. Okay. We'd just be hiring ourselves. But yeah. That's 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 true. As long as we paid ourselves, I guess. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh dear. Um. I love. I just love though. Sometimes where we go so far in a diatribe, it would comes to a point where it's like, okay, so let's halt laugh and move on because there's no possible way we can draw yeah. a connection between this to no. go back like no I'm gonna pause and turn around the ship yeah exactly like okay all right too far insert record scratch sound here and um <laughs> try to figure out what the hell we were talking about before carrots and broccoli exactly um, which what were we ever talking about but yeah uh, so why don't you why don't you um why don't you write the ship as it were um Yeah, let's see. So for me, socializing has been a difficult one, Um, mostly because I don't have a ton of friends here. And so I haven't really been seeing anyone except for Stephanie. And with her, you know, she has like her six month old newborn. It's kind of hard to like, you know, always like go meet outside. So we've been I've been meeting her over at her place and we've kind of formed like a little bit of a bubble because Mm. she's very careful as well. So that's been helpful having just a little bubble with maybe just, you know, you have to feel very secure that the person on the other side is, you know, taking it as seriously as you, but that's helped. And I know every person you add into your bubble will kind of increase risk, but you know, it's one person and she's my best friend. She has a tiny little baby who I want to see, you know, grow up and all that. So that's one of the things that I've just decided, okay, you know what, it's not perfect, but this is part of what my new normal is going to be is there is a slight risk, you know, like um, her partner works. So even though he's careful, you know, he is in and out. So it is one of those things where you have to just accept the risk and say, yeah, this is this is worth it to me. This is uh, something that I want to be doing. And I thought about it quite a bit before I was comfortable with it. But now it's like, that's just something I kind of needed. Um, and, but And it makes sense for you now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, and so, but it's been harder justifying going out with like acquaintances, which is like mostly what I have here in Sofia. Because I never really integrated super well. There's some people who like are lovely and like maybe it would be nice to like go have a coffee with them. But I can't sort of like really work out the like risk reward. And normally like I love Mm -hmm. getting a coffee with someone and like, you know, getting to know them a little better. Like I think that's such a great feeling when you like go out for a coffee and have a great chat. But it's been hard for me to be like, I am elevating my risk for for something that I don't know what the payoff will be in terms of like, are we going to be like good friends after this? Or you know what I mean? It's just a little bit hard when it's someone who in a normal world, you totally go grab a coffee with them. 
but in a COVID world, you're like, well, we weren't close friends before this, so it's kind of hard to justify this to myself, and I don't know how careful you are, and so it's like, because we're not friends yet, so that's been kind of difficult for me, you know, it's like people who um, you're not really so close with as to know kind of what their social hygiene, so to speak, is, um, it can be kind of hard to include new people in your life, even if that would be like kind of nice to have some new, some new friends in Sofia, because I don't really have too many people around. Um, but that's been a challenge for me. Um, yeah. And that's okay, too, right? I think it's probably the same premise as before, which is you just maybe you choose to have one acquaintance you really want to see and go out for a coffee in a place that you're familiar and comfortable with. And and then think about how that affected the rest of your day and week. Yeah. All of us are still figuring out those risk reward situations, but there's been moments for sure. Like yesterday, I went to go pick something up at the pharmacy and I had a 45 minute conversation with the pharmacist, of course. And <laughs> that is and so Canada. I know, but I hadn't seen her in a long time. And I really, you know, I hadn't gone to the pharmacy in a long time. And I just was speaking to her for a moment and catching up. And you know what? Like the rest of my day was really positively impacted by having a casual run in with somebody. And it, it, it made me realize that I need to reevaluate some of that risk reward situation. Um, one of my good friends, uh, they bought, he bought a new house. And so, you know, I'm going to try like based on that yesterday and what I understood about how much that lifted up the rest of my day, I'm going to try and make a point of going to just go bike over to his place and hang out in the backyard for a couple hours and, and have a coffee there or whatever. I mean, I don't drink coffee, but I'll have a beer or whatever. And, um, you know, or a cup of tea, uh, which we all know I'm uh, a fanboy of. But what I'm getting at really is like, you should think about what that effect could be because you might be building it up. Um, and that's just, again, I'm not, I, I don't want to, you know, openly encourage that everyone should push their boundaries for what they're comfortable with. But I do think we do need to just question that fear a little bit and just understand mm -hmm. where you're at. But at the same time too, you know, I think both of us are really respectful of the fact that different cities, different States, different countries are in different situations. So yeah. obviously, obviously you want to be following the, the guidelines of where you are, but for places where you are able to, I kind of think about it as like everyone's kind of been in the sewer for a little while and we can lift up. I just picture a street with all the lids lifting up and people looking out like, is it okay to come out now? And this is getting very Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles all of a sudden. Right. I know. But it was better than the carrot metaphor. Um, so <laughs> yes. we're running with this. We're running with, <laughs> we're running with this now. It's but in comparison, this looks a lot better. Um, but I, what I'm getting at is like, we can all, if you're able, we can we can all sort of think about the things that are actually having a positive impact. And the, the silver lining to this, because you know I'm not going to let this go without a silver lining, is that <laughs> I, I'm going to come out of this with such a clear picture of what's positive and negative for me. So I know that, for example, there are certain situations where I'm really getting a lot out of it. Like walking is really helpful for me. It's something I should keep in my life. Um, there's certain people that I keep in touch with and I realize that, you know, this is a really good person in my life. I need to make more of an effort to see them. And there's the other thing too, I mentioned, of course, about being less dependent on others. Like I'm just really, I'm reading more and happier with that. And, and I'll, you know, I've been reading for a while, obviously it's my thing, but I, I 
become comfortable with like not reading and thinking what else I could be doing, just like fully engaging with, with, um, with reading. But I think we have this enormous opportunity right now to, it's like almost like our own social experiment, you know, where we're going to come out of this and say like, you're going to know clearly, like, let's, let's bring this back to, you know, you were obsessed with, not obsessed, but you had your period with the Sims, right? You love the Mm -hmm. Sims. So you know how you do certain tasks, at least when I played Sims back in the day, it was like you could do a certain task and you could see like they, they got a plus one and it made them happier to increase their morale. We get to do that basically with ourselves <laughs> right now. Legitimately be like, oh, plus 10 morale for the random pharmacist chat, you know, or whatever it is. It's kind of fascinating. And this may be true or it may be the way that I've reframed it to make this work for me so I don't um lose it but it's been a helpful framework to at least think like this has not been the easiest period but my god i'm getting a lot of clarity yeah for sure it's definitely helps me reevaluate um what's important to me and just yeah like just very big life things like realizing that oh like i don't know if i always want to live in uh, a big city where nature is kind of mm-hmm. a Same bit here. difficult to get to, you know, like maybe I will be happier in like a, a smaller city with like more train access to nature mm. or like a, a smaller town adjacent to uh, a bigger city where you can really just like walk out and start hiking, you know, because mm-hmm. I am someone who builds a lot of barriers for myself Um, as to why I can't do things. And while I can, of course, work on that behavior, and I have been trying, it's also possible to just change your situation. You know what I mean? Like, not necessarily immediately, but in the future. Um, I don't always have to live in a big city where in order to get to the mountain, I have to drive through, you know, 40 minutes of city traffic, you know, like, it's great that um, Vitosha, the mountain by Sophia is so close, but like, you know, that I could also be a lot closer to nature. You know, I could be living like out like 20 minutes from a city and have like really nice trails just by my house where maybe it's not like an epic mountain, but I can just go for like a really peaceful nature walk instead of, you know, wandering past the same like freaking you know, kebab shop and supermarket and hairdresser that I always walk past. You know what I mean? Like it can be something to look to in the future as to like what would bring me joy down the line. And even if I can't make those changes now, it's useful to know um, for the future because I think even though this situation is so bizarre, so not normal, we're learning things right now that we can then bring to a life when actual normal resumes which it will eventually and we have to remember that like there will be a return to normal we just don't know when it is and um but it will be a new normal no no (laughs) no this is the new normal i want i want i want the old normal or like the improved normal I was literally just looking to push your buttons. There I know, I, I know. Yeah. Well, you got you got the full body recoil, so you succeeded. Good, good. You also dropped my heart down to only like you know three sizes bigger again. So, <laughs> I th- I think you're really onto something when you talk about my my understanding of all this. Like, um, 
I will back up before I say five things at once. But <laughs> what, when you were talking about the fact that you might want to consider living in a smaller place or maybe the big city isn't the place that's calling you or whatever, I think it's worth thinking about these things now that might seem like huge decisions or whatever, because if this has experience has taught us anything is that we can plan anything we want and, and think anything that's going to happen and do this, that, and the other. But really in the end, we don't have a lot of control and uh, there's almost like a power in just being like, I'm going to do what feels best uh, at this moment because I really don't know what tomorrow brings and that's okay. And there is, um, there's a notion that uh, Malcolm Gladwell always talks about where he talks about how Hamlet was wrong because when Hamlet's like talking about to be or not to be, that's it, it, really not the question. It, you can spend your whole life thinking about to be or not to be, but the, the, the real point of it all is to just do it and see what happens because um, we can learn more from, from the actions we take than, than from philosophizing about the actions we might take. That's kind of a weird statement though. Cause isn't to be or not to be about like, should he commit suicide? Like, isn't that right. what that is? So it's like, right. do so, it so, adult? <laughs> like, yeah, so... Malcolm so, Gladwell, whoa, step back a bit. So, so I get... So Gladwell was using the whole Hamlet was wrong thing to point uh, to point out, uh, not necessarily the context of, like, what he was saying that in that moment of to be or not to be, but more that... Like the moral we, dilemma of yeah, like yeah. The, the, okay. that, like 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 an endless dilemma, whether it's right. to be or not to be, uh, or something more benign, like yeah. that. That you can spend your whole life pondering something without doing anything about it, and and in fact, because life is so bizarre and random, anyways, it, it's actually better just to to be to do, and then to figure out what that means later. Yeah, because otherwise, you can spend your whole like. I'm sure you and I both know people who have who spent their whole life thinking about something and never really go for it, right? I mean, oh, there's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's like there's like that extraordinarily morbid notion that like the world's greatest museum is actually the graveyard because of all the ideas that never came to light, mm-hmm. um, which is powerful in its own right. But it's you know, it's it's. Uh, I always thought it was an interesting notion just to keep me fueled, but. Um, if that caused anyone anxiety, just uh, make sure you compartmentalize that and throw it away in the garbage. Yeah. I'll say the world's greatest museum are my notebooks full of ideas that I never finish. <laughs> <laughs> or or the ideas that uh, like that you're yet to finish. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm like I'm like getting weird and silver liney silver linery um, here. But I I did, I guess, want to point out that like when we we're the reason that feels applicable to an episode like this is because we can spend an indeterminate amount of time, almost an endless amount of time, trying to figure out what's right or what's wrong or what we should do or what we shouldn't do. And I think the best approach at this point in this present moment is to take baby steps, educated baby steps towards the things we think make sense. And then we can, once we have that information for ourselves, we can parse out whether that's something we're interested in or something we're not interested in, right? I mean, like you might go, you might go to a patio and be like, totally happy I did this, this is great. You might go for a coffee with a friend and be like, this really paid dividends. I'm happy about this. And then you might go to the grocery store and say, you know what? I'm going to continue to spend money ordering groceries because this isn't a part of my life that's adding value. I'm willing to pay $2 to have this delivered to me and not have to deal with that anxiety. Yeah. But we can make those decisions, but we do need information to arm ourselves with, uh, with the, I guess, the ability to make those decisions. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
I think just trial, error, and um, giving some grace to yourself when you do something that was, you know, slightly out of your comfort zone to be like, I actually like, like, didn't like that. I don't think I need to do that again without like, you know, flagellating yourself. Condemning yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like there are going to be things that over the next few months or however long this takes to all kind of return to a real normal, then we can notice how I'm like aggressively avoiding the use of the new normal. Um, <laughs> even though um, even though the title is called the new normal, we just you still it, can't. It was like it was facetious, you know. So it was like, a little. It was. I should have read cheeky. it like, and I'm anxious about the new normal. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's just a, a new listeners hopping on for the first time. Like exactly. that Allison moment is. Uh, Fucking is bananas bizarre. but of course yeah. of course if she said bananas she also wouldn't have understood episode no. three or four which yeah uh, the, which perhaps the greatest diatribe in in iaa history and you'll notice i did the acronym again there yes, for you, you just did, to give you more it was more, more enunciated fodder. this time so i enjoyed it true good, um good, the first time good. i was just like iaa it was like <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was like good. a yodel um i i think we've gotten to a good place with 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 everything and kind of naturally wrapped a bow around things that being said um i'm totally cognizant of the fact that there might have been another area that you wanted to explore was there other aspects of this you wanted to um dive into a little bit or or what were you thinking um no i think that's good we wanted to keep this episode kind of strictly rooted in the present while of course there's so much that we're anxious about in terms of like future planning and the difficulty of that Um, we feel like that's kind of against the spirit of the podcast, which is hopefully helping you lessen your anxiety. We feel like (laughs) if we dive too much into like, oh, what does the future look like? Um, we'll just all go in unfortunate rabbit holes that aren't like fun Alice in Wonderland rabbit holes, but just, you know, the miserable ones, cramped old shitty rabbit holes. So yeah, um, (laughs) mole holes and such. Yeah. So, um, while it may seem as if we omitted that, um, that was on purpose um, because we didn't want to give ourselves an existential crisis while mm-hmm. being recorded. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think we can. Um, I don't think we need to have like a separate corner for like tips because I think we kind of wove that. I definitely. That was the episode. Yeah, that was basically the episode was just sort of what we've been doing, how we've been reacting, what's been helpful for us. So I would just say, you know, and of course, the thing that we want to just, again, highlight and underline is that we are speaking about our own personal experiences. And I'm very sensitive to the fact, like, as a U.S. citizen with family in America, married to a Brazilian with family in Brazil, like, the situation is so different all over the globe. We don't want to encourage you to do anything you're not comfortable with, but we're speaking about our own experiences and... um just encouraging you to interrogate um, maybe some assumptions and see if there are ways in which you can safely kind of um, feel Just comfortable. Just push, push against some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if the answer is you interrogate it and you decide it's not worth it, that's 100% valid. But we know that a lot of people with mental illness, whether it be anxiety, depression, any fun combination of uh 
lovely DSM-5 categories, whatever it is, whatever smorgasbord you have. We all have our smorgasbords. Um, isolation can be really tough on us. So if you're someone who's really struggling, it may be worth um, trying to reach out and finding some people to um, have some distance coffee dates with, distance picnics with, just to, you know, get Give yourself, yourself some reprieve. Yeah, because this has been really hard and traumatic for so many of us. And even if you're someone who's been relatively kind of unscathed by by this in terms of, you know, you haven't gotten sick, your loved ones are safe, maybe your job is still secure, like you might feel like you have, you know, no place to complain, right? Because other people have it so much worse than you. And I have this feeling as well, a lot where it's like, okay, well, like, things are shitty with my business, but I have enough saved. I'm not in any sort of like economic crisis. Like, what um what business do I have feeling so upset but you know this isn't some sort of like Olympics of how bad do you have it however bad you feel is however bad you feel it's valid and we're all kind of dealing with a collective trauma right now and so be graceful with yourself um don't put unreasonable demands on yourself just be be, be kind to yourself and try to reach out and try to do things that are within your comfort zone and your safety zone and the limits of what is actually like legal and moral for you to do. You can find places within all those intersections to regain a little bit of normalcy and light back into your life. So yeah. I think that just kind of puts the bow on what I wanted to say. Yeah, I think that's very well said. I'm not sure I really need to elaborate much more on that. Just uh, I think that, that that really ties it up very well. The, I guess the only thing I would say is that the reason that I felt personally compelled to do an episode like this was because so much of the issue for me, at least during this, this process, was around being isolated. Um, I thought, you know, what better thing to do for a community of we can only assume relatively like-minded people who are listening to the podcast to let people know that the the journey may feel individual, but it's in fact very much being experienced by, by many, many others. And so if we in talking about this had people nodding along or, or just, you know, feeling some of what we felt and, and I'm, I think we did a good job of keeping a positive spin on things and sharing what we've learned, then that makes it all worth it. And we, love to make people laugh, but I mean, it's still obviously a power, more powerful mo- notion to think about having some sort of positive, um, perhaps lasting impact on somebody. So hopefully that this episode was exactly that. And um, I'd like to think that uh, it would fall in that category. So yeah, um, that's that's the double bow. But <laughs> to, to go into, I guess, to finish off with a little bit more, a little bit more positivity, because you can't get enough of that. I'd love to ask you sometime during the last week, if there was anything that you wanted to pat yourself on the back for, be it an event or be it a mindset shift or anything at all. Yeah, I guess I am patting myself on the back for um, going out to dinner and having like a lovely night out and just sort of getting to resume a little bit of normalcy that was difficult for us 
because we've been really rather on the cautious side of things, probably a little overly so. Um, and it was really nice to just do something that felt celebratory, you know, that felt like a like a, a positive moment in life. So much of our life has been just survival, you know, just like work and buy basic necessities, you know, and so it was nice to do something that was actually like slightly like frivolous and celebratory. Um, and so that was really good. And it's motivated me to, um, to do a couple more things that are like that. So we're planning like just a little like local weekend or week, weekday, I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, get away to a local town here and like some, short road tripping around just whenever Tulio has a couple days off in a row we're gonna go for a little outing and I'm thinking of spending like a week um solo uh up in Vanska which is like a mountain uh town in Mm -hmm. Bulgaria that's a very big ski resort in the winter but in the off season it's just super chill there's some nice hiking um because I really miss my alone time that's something that I've really realized um I'm missing so much is that time where I'm like alone but I'm not out in the world you know because for me just taking a walk isn't restorative in the way that like chilling at home alone Mm -hmm. is really restorative for me because like I love that like quiet luxurious lounging time that's how I recharge my batteries and I haven't even though I've been at home Having a part living with a partner means that you don't really have that 100% your time, you know, like either someone's working or sleeping or, you know, in one room, you're in the other and you're always mindful of like, oh, like, you know, is my yoga video like too loud? If I do this, is this in the way? It's nice just to get to be selfish and be like, fuck yeah, I'm going to like play my music at whatever volume I like. I'm going to eat what I want. I'm going to order whatever food I want and just like feel no guilt. You know, I've missed having days like that that I used to have where I just like truly just chilled solo at home. And I think just getting away for just a staycation somewhere close, even if mostly what I'm doing is just being in a different place, doing the same thing, like just like working in another apartment and going out for some like nice local walks. That sounds lovely to me. So I'm planning a little getaway. Yeah. And that's a classic example of some of what you were talking about around taking baby steps to understand Mm -hmm. what you're comfortable with, right? Because you're going to go there and you're going to understand inherently what you're comfortable with for the, for the, for that, uh, to use the word that we've been avoiding the future, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, like I think that, you know, I'm not ready to get on a plane yet. I'm not, even though like I technically am allowed to, like, I'm not, really ready to do too much that's you know really out and about and out there but I think you know being in another city getting an apartment and doing some walks maybe going to have a couple like lunches um by myself on the terrace sounds lovely to me I think that's the right approach and and we're I got, what I'm celebrating is much the same which is that Brie and I did our first little overnight away together just about an hour outside of Toronto. Um, nothing crazy, but we had our own little kind of cabin or what have you. And it was the first time we've been overnight anywhere since March 
when we fled Mexico in the middle of the night to get back to Canada. So that left, a, you know, can leave a little bit of a, you know, I don't want to say a scarring impact, but it's certainly nice to think back and think that the, we haven't spent that many nights away from this apartment. And so to just changing up the atmosphere a little bit when the atmosphere has become sometimes painfully familiar can, can yes. make a big difference. <laughs> uh, and that's something we've talked about in previous episodes as well as is, is how it can feel like a well-worn glove sometimes. And, and it, it used to be more of a inviting feeling to come home because you had been away, but uh, you don't necessarily get that warm, that enveloping warmth necessarily when you no. aren't away. Feels um, more that, like a prison, a nicely designed one. But. A nicely designed one, right? Yeah, and a Norwegian and, prison, basically. Yeah, you have great, <laughs> uh, pretty good uh, content available, and you know it's pretty entertaining. Um, one could assume pretty good food. <laughs> oh, very good food. Uh, yeah, excellent, excellent, good, excellent food. Yeah, so I'm just celebrating that that we we went away and it felt right. Um, it felt like a good decision, and also like little things like we love listening to music and podcasts in the car together on road trips. Not something that we've been able to do frequently um, as of late. So that was nice as well. So I'm patting myself on the back for much the same thing you are, which is to again not not look at things as strict boundaries and say, I, I can do this, I can't do that. But to say, based on everything I know and understand, I'm comfortable opening that door a little bit. And that's what we did. And and uh, and it worked out great. And now we'll look at other things, other overnight options, other things um, to, to explore. And um, I, I'm kind of with you, not really looking to travel halfway across the world, but to take this opportunity to explore what's around me a little bit more carefully. And I you know, I literally have a website about Ontario travel. So what, what a good opportunity. Um, but I'm happy that we can end this episode, um, I guess, reasonably concise compared to our, yeah. to our, our history. But I think a lot of good points were brought up and I'd like people to walk away from this feeling a little empowered, a little bit less stressed. And uh, at the very least understanding that we, this, these are, we're all contending with these questions the best we can. And that, is enough you know to to uh to ask ourselves these questions and understand we're not the only ones going through them and not worry so much about is this the perfect decision but understanding this decision feels right to me at this moment based on everything i know i'm going to move forward with it and then you can kind of act accordingly from there but Mm -hmm. um yeah i hope it was you know a little bit empowering for people Yeah. And can I make a suggestion? I would love for all listeners, um, if you aren't already members of We Are Anxious About, our Facebook community for listeners, um, we'd love for you to join. But if you are a member or if you join, um, we'd love to hear how you've been adjusting to this new normal, whatever tips you have, something that you're proud of yourself Um, what you're patting yourself on the back for we'd really love you to um, just jump in and start you know start those conversations don't feel like you only have to respond um, to posts that we put out we want this to be like a welcoming place where you can celebrate your successes or um, share any hesitations you might be having about um, about this topic about resuming a little bit of normalcy in your life 
So we just want to welcome you to um, feel free. I know sometimes social anxiety can be like, oh my God, I don't want to post this. I don't want to like be the first one to do this. But um, we want to make sure that you know that it's a welcoming community for all. It's not just a place for Chris and I to uh, blather on incessantly because that's that's what this is for. Yeah, so. I was going to say, we, we were already good at that. <laughs> yeah, so that group is for you. So um, if you're comfortable, we'd love it if you jump in and tell us about a win that you've had recently or something that you're going to challenge yourself to do in the next week. Yeah, that would be great. I'd love as we continue to grow to... Like, I think we're very conscious and grateful for building out this little community and feel like this can be a really positive and great thing for everybody involved, even if it's just like an extra smile or two here and there. Um, So I think it's a great way to end to encourage people to join us on there uh, if they're comfortable with it. And if not, that's all good, too. Um, Hopefully we didn't uh, over COVID you here (laughs) and you, you stuck around and enjoyed all that we had to say. And uh, as always, I can just say that I really appreciate you taking the time to tune in with us. Um, I I think we're slowly but surely getting better at at this whole thing. And it seems like the feedback suggests as much. So we're all kind of growing together here. So thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you next week. Thanks so much for listening. Have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.